We all know what it's like to be OCD, but is it possible for someone to have a spiritual OCD? We're gonna see what the Bible has to say about that. Welcome to our podcast today. I'm excited to have Keith and Candy Rindle with us today, and uh, they're going to tell their story about dealing with this whole idea of spiritual OCD. So let's set the stage first. So Keith and Candy, tell us about your family. Who are y'all and who else is in your family? Uh, well, we've been married for, what, 19 years now? Yeah. Mm. And we have three wonderful children, uh, Ethan, Caleb, and Jovi, yeah. ranging from 16 down to 11. And uh, we've um, been very happily married most of the time, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Cool. And you live here in the area. Mm-hmm. Yep. Midlothian. Yep. Awesome. Uh, and been at Vertical for several years now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Almost yeah. seven. Wow. 2015, it was right uh, right yeah. after the tornado hit. Uh, okay. We were yeah. there. The very we, beginning. We, we heard almost. some of the, the songs, the Christmas Sarajevo. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Last year you yeah. guys did that, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. All right. So we are here today to talk about uh, spiritual OCD. Now, there's another name that has uh, come on the scene recently, um, at least in, from my perspective, at least. I'm sure it may have mm-hmm. been around a bit longer, but. <clears throat> it's called a scrupulosity, and that's a new word for a lot of folks, but mm-hmm. that it kind of describes the same th- same thing. So, Candy, talk to us about what is this whole thing of being spiritually OCD or having scrupulosity? What is that? Okay. So if you think about OCD in the sense that there's the obsessive compulsive acts, a lot of people think of that in the physical sense, you know, d- checking doors, mm-hmm. cleanliness, things like that. Um, there's a mental side of it. Um, and, and so spiritually speaking, it's the constant, it's the fearful um, need to constantly check to make sure things are spiritually and morally right. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there's a constant feeling that some, you're, things are unsettled, something's not right. Am I, am I pleasing the Lord? Am I doing everything as I should? Is every wow. thought lined up? Is every emotion even? Am mm-hmm. I feeling what I should be feeling? Yeah. So again, like you say, we talk mm-hmm. about someone who has OCD, uh, issues. They walk into a room and you know all the books have to be in line or the chairs have to be a certain way or there can't be anything on the floor. I can relate to some of that myself. Yeah. You know, everything needs to be clean and neat and perfect and you spend a lot of time just adjusting things because it has mm-hmm. to be has to be perfect. Yeah. And you're saying this happens spiritually that in our faith yeah. we get to this place where there's this constant pressure that everything has to be perfect. Yeah. Um what what happens if that's not the case though? So what's the dread, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's the thing is that just like with someone with physical OCD, they get a sense of relief a little mm-hmm. bit once they do double check the door, triple check the door, right. but there's never an ending point to it. Mm. There's, there's always, it, it comes back and it can sometimes then multiply. So for me, that looks more mental. It's yeah. the, the mental checking, constantly reevaluating mm. uh, a term that came to me in the last year was morbid introspection. It's mm. the constantly, okay. um, it, am I doing this right? Um, it was way worse when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But yeah, and it can manifest in different ways as Keith will mention too. Okay. So, so that kind of gives us a framework for what we're talking about today. And um, But I think to set the stage better for us here. We need to go back in time. So let's go back and talk about uh, growing up and what is faith and church involvement like for both of you? So I grew up, um, well, from originally from New Jersey and uh, grew up in a, like an assemblies type of environment, very charismatic, uh, very performance oriented. Mm. Um, It was one of those things where, you know, if you, if you sinned, you needed to repent and get saved all over again. You need to come down to the front um, mm-hmm. And there was a lot of pressure to um, to be spiritual. There was a mm-hmm. lot of pressure, uh, you know, for prophecy, speaking in tongues, and all yep. of the, all of the things that come with the you know the charismatic type movement. Right. And if you didn't display those things, didn't have those things, didn't mm-hmm. reach those moments, um, you know, it, it, is God not? Does God not love me? Does God yeah. not want to use me? Right. Uh, so there was a lot of uh, heavy uh, doubt. Um, which led to some, you know, depression and, yep. and doubts about my faith and who I was, and, and not really being able to walk in the freedom uh, yeah. that that God had created me for. So, yeah. wow, yeah, it does. I've talked to others and who who said things like, you know, every night I had to pray uh, to make sure I was saved, mm-hmm. and never really had the certainty that I was in that moment. So every night becomes a battle. Every church service becomes a battle because yes. you're you're wondering. 
am I doing enough? Have I done enough? How come I'm not feeling this emotion? How come this yeah. thing is not happening here? Yeah, that was it. I mean, there's a, there's a couple times I recall, you know, when I really turned my life around when I was uh, in my late teens, early, early twenties, uh, we were, we were, uh, we were at a service and there was this speaker and he was laying hands on people and mm. things were happening. You know, some folks were crying, some folks were, right. you know, on their face, some folks were, you know, just things that happened in the charismatic type movement. Yep. Right. Yep. And, uh, and so, you know, they were going down the line, people were, were lined up around an altar, a semicircular altar. And, you know, he started laying hands on people's heads and mm. things were happening and he gets to me and I'm just still standing there. And it's like, <laughs> what did I do, God, that, that yeah. you would not grace me with whatever these things are, right. you know, not knowing that, that my mindset was wrong, the framework was wrong mm. and, you know, felt rejected and, and dejected. You know? Yeah. Wow. How about for you, Candy? What's, what's early church faith involvement look like? Very similar. Very similar. So um, was raised... <clears throat> non-denominational or more Pentecostal assemblies mm-hmm. of God. Um, my extended family's church of God. Okay. Um, so definitely it, there's a highlight on the spiritual gifts. There's a highlight on what's happening emotionally in mm-hmm. the services. Mm-hmm. Um, worship services definitely took longer than even the message. If, if, if a message even came forth yeah. uh, that day. And so very similar to Keith, you know, um, watching movies on the rapture too. And then just, you know, <laughs> things like that as, as yeah. a teenager would scare me. Cause I'm like, yeah. Oh, what if I'm not saved? Right. And that yes. was one of my biggest fears when yeah. I got saved was I don't feel saved. I don't feel safe. So then I must not be saved. Yes. Um, so it was very similar. There was definitely um, a distortion um, in my thinking um, in seeing things happen emotionally that I thought mm. defined who God was. Yeah. So. Yeah. So then you're picking up, ideas and beliefs and concept about what it means to be right with God. Mm-hmm. So what does that, what does that look like for you? We kind of touched on some of this already, but mm-hmm. I mean, as a believer, that's the thing we want. We want to be right with God. Yeah. So what are you, what are you picking up even though you may not realize the depth of it, what's mm-hmm. happening for you at this point? Yeah. So I think for me too, growing up, um, personality ties into this a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a driven person, but as a mm-hmm. child, and the way I got attention was performance. Mm-hmm. So if I academically performed well, yeah. then I was noticed and I was appreciated and people yeah. were pleased with me. Yeah. So growing up in a church setting where that was very much, um, where the emotions were on the higher side, um, I de- that just bled right into my my relationship with the father. Yeah. Well, if I do enough, um, he'll be pleased with me. Yeah. And so for me, it was very, very extreme, probably more so than, than most people. Mm-hmm. I would... I didn't really have a mentor, so to speak. I got saved at 13 Mm. um, at a youth camp Mm -hmm. and uh, came back from that and immediately, you know, um, pushed away a best friend of mine because Mm. she didn't also have that experience with me and I didn't know how to handle that. Wow. Um, I would come home from school and make myself read the Bible a certain amount of hours. Mm -hmm. Um, I would make myself even do extreme things like wear the same clothes to school Mm. because I thought I had to prove that I didn't care what other people thought about me. That's what God would want. So basically any, any thought that came into my head that I thought, well, that would probably please the father. Well, mm. then I would push myself to do that. Mm. So being performance-based, that's the direction that I took. Mentally. Wow. So being, uh, to, to think he was pleased with you came out of your performance for him. Yes, very much so. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can mm-hmm. relate to all of that. I, mm-hmm. I remember uh, all through my elementary school years, the report card back then, it wasn't A's and B's and C's. It was ones and twos and threes and fours. And so mm-hmm. one was an A basically. And one one year, I got a two, <laughs> and it stayed on that report card, and it bothered me forever. Yeah. That I just I got a two in a class, you know, like that yeah. was the worst thing that could ever happen. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can relate to some of that. So uh, Keith, how about for you? Uh, this idea of being right with God, what what's what's happening at this point in your life? You know, I never was able to figure out, and I'm still working through these these yeah. thoughts. But you know, sure. like just simple things like devotions, you know, spending time praying and reading the Bible. Um, if it's, if it's not a, a discipline that I'm doing well in, I feel like God has just written me off. Mm. Um, if it's been three or four days since I've cracked open the Bible or Mm. even spoken to him intentionally, um, that, you know, I'm not saved and maybe this whole thing was, you know, just a fake and, you right. know, God doesn't really love me and he didn't yep. send his son to die for me. And, you know, you start thinking about all these things and, and it turns into um, almost kind of like some nihilism. Like, I just don't, I don't care anymore. Like, yeah. what's the point? You right. know? And it's a right. de- very defeatist um, 
fatalistic type thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I deal with that, you know, more so than the scrupulosity OCD, I deal with right. more fatalism yeah. type thinking. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, in comparison to, to how I saw God mm-hmm. when I was a child um, and how I see him now, uh, there's, there seems to be this, this inability to see him as a loving father. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So all of this uh, recently has come to a head for, for both of you. Uh, I think as you're even talking through this, you would you would say didn't really realize what was happening mm-hmm. while it was happening, mm-hmm. but in recent days and in, in recent year, I guess mm-hmm. some of this has come to a head. What does that mm-hmm. look like for you? So, if I could set the stage here, um, for the last uh, last year or so, I've been dealing with some health issues, um, mm-hmm. some pelvic dysfunction, difficulty sitting, and stuff, and really kind of just took me out of things, mm-hmm. uh, took me out of being able to to be the husband and the father. Yeah. And it became very focused on, on getting well and getting better. Um, and then, you know, add to the fact that, you know, I didn't really have a good image of myself and I didn't have a good image of, of God and, and how he's a father who truly loves his children. Mm. Um, and I started seeing my, um, my health issues as punishment. Wow. Um, and every other area of my life that didn't line up properly. Um, as you know, punishment. Mm-hmm. And so I was very, I felt very rejected by God. And, uh, and then, you know, with, with the scrupulosity thing yeah. and her having these intrusive thoughts and yeah. then sharing a lot of them with me, um, <clears throat> right. it just created a lot of doubt. Like, well, you know, God doesn't love me. My yeah. wife doesn't love me, you yeah. know, nobody loves me. And, yeah. uh, and so it was a very, uh, very um, sad uh, time for me where yeah. I, I felt like, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing well as a believer. I'm not doing well as a husband. I'm not doing well as a father, mm. you know, and I wanted to give up. What's the yeah. point? You know? And this doesn't just affect your uh, faith. It, it spills over into every area of life. This is every you area. emotionally, um, physically, mm-hmm. relationally, mm-hmm. everything is affected by this mm-hmm. for you at this yeah. point. And it, it ultimately affects, you know, my health because, yeah. you know, the stress levels are higher. Yeah. Um, it affects the the entire body system and, and the body's ability to heal. And, and yeah. you know, there's a lot that ties into all wow. this. And, you know, the enemy's very opportunistic. Yes. Uh, he will, <clears throat> he will take one thing over here and one thing over here and one thing here. And it's like a, a perfect storm yeah. and the perfect storm, uh, you know, comes together. And so, uh, you know, you can talk about this too, Candy, but yeah. um, the point where, you know, she's, I see that she's struggling and I don't know how to help her. Mm. I don't know how to fix it. Yeah. Um, I just know that, that there's some, um, you know, bad thought processes that are going on in our house, mm-hmm. in our marriage, in mm-hmm. ourselves. And we were very fortunate enough to come across some, uh, some good material by uh, Mark DeJesus, mm-hmm. uh, who really specializes in, in kind of uncovering some of this yeah. uh, religious OCD. And so in discovering that, that's when we kind of started to see some of the moving parts um, yeah. as to what was driving mm-hmm. you know, some of these, these things. So. Yeah, I think that was definitely the Lord that uh, was in it. But to go back to what he said, yeah, he was really struggling um, with the really feeling like his physical issues were punishment. Um, mm-hmm. And so- my mental struggles then were to see him struggling and I didn't know how to help him. And he was kind of going inward. And so I have a tendency to go then outward and just stay busy. Mm. Um, Again, performance for me, if I can just do the next thing, perform well, move on. And a lot of times that looks like not processing my own emotions, Mm. um, which is one of the things they talk about with people that have scrupulosity and OCD. There's, there's like a a list of seven distortions that Mm. they bring up. Mm -hmm. Perfectionism is one of them. Yep. Uh, struggle with uncertainty, mm-hmm. distorted meaning of thoughts, mm. overestimating threats, inflated responsibility, the intense need to control your thoughts, and then difficulty with emotions. Wow. Um, yeah. And so each one of those definitely hits home for me. But um, mm. yeah, so in this whole time here, this last month or so, I had struggled more with intrusive thoughts just, and I think it was just, again, that perfect storm. The enemy sees him struggling, sees me struggling. Mm-hmm. He's going to attack the family at the root every time. If he can get the family, he can get the yep, nation. Exactly. And, yeah. So that's going to be where he attacks every time. And so yeah. um, that was something. And again, these intrusive thoughts, they scare you because they're, they're strong emotions. And again, you yep. think, um, you know, one of the things that Mark DeJesus brings up is Christians, sometimes we, we don't have good discernment. And I yeah. think I grew up in a setting where that wasn't, a focus, biblically mm-hmm. speaking, mm-hmm. Uh, was discernment and again, the root of the father's love. Mm-hmm. And so we tend to think, well, if, if we have a loud 
thought, anxious thought, if we feel something very strongly, well, that must be from the Lord. I must, I, I must exactly. need to deal God with that immediately. Yeah. That's God yes. talking to yep. me right there. Yes. When many times that's not the case at all. Right. Um, right. You know, it's, but it does reveal our God image. Mm-hmm. It reveals how we see the father and mm-hmm. that punishment based thinking. And so anyway, I'm having these intrusive thoughts from time to time. And, and then, I'm seeing her pull away. And I, yeah, he sees mm. me pulling away, which makes his rejection issues even worse, yeah. you know? So yeah. it's just kind of this tornado going on. So I, again, I have struggled with the, the, what they call guilt confessions, where you feel like you have to confess every thought that you're thinking because, <clears throat> well, uh, you know, confess your sins one to another, which is really <laughs> just not the correct way to interpret right. scripture. Um, in this sense. And yeah. so, but I, I did. And, and, and several times through our marriage, I've actually done this with Keith and right. the poor guy has just not known how to take that. Like, is this really something that's a sin issue that we're dealing with? Is it yeah. just like these fleeting thoughts? Is it, um, and so, you know, it's been really helpful finding the resources that we did, um, but also having mentors in our life and a yeah. church that is very solid biblically and mm. can direct us back to the truth, you mm-hmm. know, back to the root of the issue. Yeah. So you use uh, this term intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. just to help everybody. Yeah. What are we talking about? So um, when I was younger, it was, I'm not saved. Um, mm. Or it was being a, a fear of being demon possessed mm-hmm. or yeah. um, it could be- Fear of losing your mind. Fear of losing my mind. Yes. I, I do remember earlier in our marriage, a, a, a time when I was, I was crying. Yes. I think I, maybe we had had one, maybe two kids at this point. Um, and I just told him, I said, I'm going to end up in in a home yes. and they're going to have me in a straight jacket yep. and I'm just bawling because I just yep. don't see a way out because yep. my thoughts were just so constant. And yeah, and he and he just comes in and I remember what he said. He was like, the fact that you're concerned about yes. losing your mind yes. means that you're not going to yes. lose your mind. People yes. that have lost their mind have no idea that exactly. they've lost their mind. If you were staring at the wall and banging your head against it while you wrote with Sharpie marker all over the paint with diagrams and stuff, yeah. then- we might talk uh, about straight jackets at yeah, some point. Yeah. But. So, so those are some intrusive oh. thoughts, but Mark gets into other ones. It could be, you know, it could be fleeting things on on sexual thoughts. It could yep. be, it could be. Well, I had this thought come in. Oh man, if I had that, that must be who I am. Yes. that must be, and that's yes. not at all what the Father says about us. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, I remember all of that. I remember a moment myself, just in tears and the spiraling downward yes. spiral thought of I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my mind and. Mm-hmm. Someone told me the exact same thing. Well, if you were losing your mind, you wouldn't be thinking this thought about, <laughs> am I losing my mind? Yes. <laughs> so, man, I remember all of that. And it is, that's not just an emotional issue detached from our faith. Yeah. It's actually from the basis of what we believe. Mm-hmm. It comes from that whole idea. So, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. intrusive thoughts, obsessive thoughts, yes. dark, dark obsessive thoughts. Yes. It's it's you, you, you turn down this street of a thought and pretty soon you have traveled way down and it's a dead end and it's mm-hmm. it's difficult and it's dark and even to the point of fearing I'm demon possessed yeah. I have uh, I've blasphemed against the holy spirit yeah, I've committed the unpartable sin yes. mm-hmm. uh, all of that it's it and the enemy you're right just uses every bit of that to mm-hmm. drive us into further darkness I, yeah that's why I've I've lived with uh, the verse, uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear, fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I can't tell you how many times I've had to use that myself. Mm -hmm. So I can relate to some of this. But So this comes to a head for both of you. The perfect storm Mm -hmm. plays out. And um, man, what what a crazy thing. The enemy, of course, takes advantage of in that moment. But what an opportunity for God to do something great. So this begins to play out. What does this look like now? I mean, uh, you've got to the place now where you recognize that this is happening, and, and that's that has to be freeing in and of itself. Just knowing, okay, this is not who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can get to a place of freedom. God does want me free. What does this look like for you at this point? Yeah. So for me, you know, I, I can identify now. Um, sometimes not in the moment, but mm-hmm. that I'm having the mental loops, mm-hmm. um, just like a person again with the physical OCD, mm-hmm. the constant checking because there's a feeling of something being unsettled. Mm-hmm. It may not happen in the moment, but I usually can realize that I'm, okay, I'm having some ruminations. I'm ruminating. I'm stewing, trying mm-hmm. to get to the, the, if I can just problem solve it out, mm-hmm. but there's no end to that, you know, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. knowing that, okay, I need to stop in the moment. I need to bring it back to truth. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes I get stuck in, you know, deciding if my thoughts are truth or not, you know, how much power am I giving them? Yep. And so, but going back to the truth. And so what I know for me, it's this similar root issue as his mm-hmm. is I'd, not knowing how to receive the love of the father. Mm. Um, 
and that's due to my upbringing, um, but also performance-based thinking, Mm -hmm. uh, perfectionist mentality. And just, again, not knowing how to process the emotions. Many times we can talk about emotions. I can talk about them all day long, Mm -hmm. but to sit and figure out, okay, let me process through this a little bit. So I'm quicker now to identify it and Mm. to say, okay, that's not truth. Um, No matter how strong the feeling is, that's not truth. Yeah. Um, because he's made me a new creation. He yeah. says who I am now. That's good. And go back to that. So Keith, can you can you spot some of that when it's happening in her? Yeah, I, I can. In fact, you know, I didn't I didn't really realize this at the time, but uh in in retrospection, uh over the last month or so, looking back at any anytime something major happened, either mm-hmm. in our marriage or as parents or spiritually or mm-hmm. uh, job wise, like any, any kind of major disruption, mm-hmm. um, always seeing how she responds mm-hmm. um, in hindsight, it's like, she didn't, she didn't stop to feel. She didn't cry. She didn't get emotional. Mm-hmm. I cried. Mm-hmm. I got emotional. <clears throat> you know, right. I experienced this and I had to work through some things and dealt with anger and maybe raised my voice and stomped around the house a little bit whenever something happened. <laughs> yeah. But she's just like, okay, all right, let's go. Next thing. And she would move on to the next thing wow. and not really allow herself to process. So yeah. now when I see kind of her um, kind of checking out um, mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of doing her own thing, mm-hmm. I know that there might be some rumination going on. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, I can ask her, you know, hey, well, are you ruminating? Yeah. And, and you know, what, yeah. what are your thoughts? What, how's your thought life right now? So, yeah. Um, and, and then begin to be able to speak, speak truth, mm-hmm. encourage her, remind yeah. her. Pray for her. Yes. Share scripture. It's good. Yeah. It's um, good. For me, like, you know, like she said, as far as the, the root of, uh, of everything, because it for both of us, it's kind of the same thing, is that we really don't have a, a good understanding of, of the Father's love for us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I really think that um, a, lot of, a lot of Christians deal with a, a very um, punishment-based yeah. view yep. of God. Yep. Um, you know, anytime something goes wrong, is this punishment? Am I being punished? Mm-hmm. Is this a consequence of my decisions? Well, maybe. Yeah. Um, is it a consequence of my decisions that God allows? Well, yeah, because <laughs> it's the reality of my situation. Mm-hmm. But does it necessarily mean that He's displeased with me and He's doing this? No, that's not the case. Right. Because you know, as a as a father, you know, and this really this really stuck out to me at one point because um, one of my kids had made a mistake mm-hmm. um, in spending my money without my knowledge <laughs> on, on game things. I won't yeah. go into all the details, but uh, I was immediately angry yeah. and disappointed um, when I found out and I was, uh, you know, needed to confront the situation and I gave myself some time to calm down because I didn't want to yep. scar the boy. Yeah, um, sure. But I was ready. Like I was ready. I had my list of things to say, mm-hmm. you can't do this to your mm-hmm. fathers and that. And when I confronted him, um, he began to weep, and uh, that was not expected. Wow. I didn't. I didn't expect um, to see remorse. I expected, mm. you know, defensiveness and yeah. excuses, and yeah. you know, the typical human reaction. Sure. But when I saw he was <clears throat> genuinely disappointed in himself, mm-hmm. it broke my heart. Wow. It broke my heart, and I and I realized that you know, if I'm a, a sinner saved by grace, of course, through faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but just you know, I have a I have a sinful nature. I was born with that, and if I'm a good enough dad to be moved by my son's own remorse, mm-hmm. how much more so than the, the perfect heavenly father looking yeah. down on us and our mistakes, does he love us? You know? And, uh, and so for me, that was a, that was a big revelation so that I could mm-hmm. see myself um, differently. But you know, the, the problem for me is that, you know, I, I've always been afraid mm-hmm. to spend time with the father. I've always mm-hmm. been afraid to crack open the Bible because mm-hmm. I'm afraid of what I might hear, what I might see, what he might say. Um, and so there's a bit of spiritual discipline avoidance that I've seen at pattern throughout my life. And I'm, I'm working through those thoughts, um, and some of the materials that we've gotten through, uh, through this ministry, um, uh, is, is really just taking, taking the time and giving yourself room, um, to receive the father's love. Uh, and, and so that looks like, you know, in the morning, uh, I'll step outside whether it's cold or not. And I'll just put my hand over my heart mm. and I'll talk to myself and I'll say, Keith, yeah. the father loves you. <clears throat> yeah. And I have to remind myself. <clears throat> and true. you know, it kind of seems weird. It seemed weird at first, but, <laughs> um, but it, it's, a, it's a powerful way to, to kind of get rid of the lies that, yep. that I will believe about 
uh, how God sees me. Because I can have a great day and do all the right things, check all the boxes, and God's love for me hasn't changed compared to the day that I don't check all the boxes and I make mistakes. He still loves me. That doesn't mean he doesn't want us to obey. That doesn't mean we don't work on things that need to be worked on. Exactly. But the motivation is different. I'm going to do things the right way today because my dad loves me and he wants the best for me versus if I don't do these things, I'm going to have some consequences. Um, And so, you know, and I, and I had to, uh, I had to really look at scripture differently. You know, we can read a lot of scriptures and they're, they're indicting like in Matthew where he talks about a salt can, you know, salt that loses its, its savor will be thrown and trampled underfoot by men. It's like, Oh my God, is that me? Have I lost my savor? (laughs) You know? Um, And it's impossible. How do I keep my savor? I can do all these things. I can work really hard at it and, and still not be salty. And so it's, it's like, is that me? And so the enemy will come in while we're reading scripture and he'll say, yeah, you lost your savor, bud. Yeah. It's over. But then you scroll up. Yeah. You know, and you read the beginning of of Matthew chapter five. It's like, mm-hmm. blessed are the peacemakers. Well, hey, that's me. Mm-hmm. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will mm-hmm. see God. Well, I want to be pure in heart. Yeah. You know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Well, that's yeah. me. Yeah. So there's promises that that are already established for me that I can grab hold of. Yeah. And if I realize that that yeah. comes from the Father who loves me, then um, then I'm doing okay. Yeah. There's something so deceptive in all of this. Obviously, the enemy loves this because the minute you set your sight on, okay, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to be perfect, and oh, I don't want to. I don't want to displease the Father. You start living in all of that. Uh, something happens where, like you mentioned earlier, you, you eventually just say, "I can't do this," and then you end up being uh, addicted to sin, mm-hmm. and you beat yourself up even more because mm-hmm. of that, which leads to greater turning back to that addiction, and you find yourself more addicted in the this um, this framework of thinking, this mm-hmm, belief mm-hmm, pattern, mm-hmm. than you would if you weren't in it. And so you find Christians who are often very church-oriented, mm-hmm. faith-believing, but very addicted to sin patterns yeah. in their mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. right? Been true in my own life for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay. um, what has... Um, how has this spilled over into other areas of your life? Have you noticed that? Because I'm sure this has to have an effect on uh, parenting, as you've mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, your relation with one another, mm-hmm. as you've mentioned. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it has to affect even your view of church mm-hmm. and decision-making and finances and entertainment choices, all of that, right? Mm-hmm. How have you seen it play out in other areas of your life? Um, for me, you know, when I let it run its course and if I don't catch it and bring it back to truth— um, it, there's definitely a sense of exhaustion and anger. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, you get to a point where like, I'm never going to make it. I can't, yep. I cannot do enough. Right. And we can't, that's the whole point. Yep. Um, that's why he died for us. You yes. know, there's never an ending point. It's the, the constant obsessive compulsive checking. And, and um, I know for me, it's also caused me through the years to see other people um, in the mm-hmm. same light that I have held myself to mentally uh, and emotionally and, um, looking at their life, oh, and it's easier to judge them. It's easier yes. to judge where they are and their their choices and what I see on my end, which is never fully the full picture, you right. know? Right. Um, and so I'm learning now that I cannot do that. And it's so much more easier to love people then though. Mm. Man, it's so much more freeing just to love them for who they are. Yeah. I don't know where they are in their walk with Christ, yep. Yep. Um, but I can love them for who they are and know yeah. that, you know, as long as they're following Christ, he's going to get them where he needs to be. He finishes yeah. what he starts. It's true. Um, yeah. How about for you, Keith? Um, you know, I think for me, it's, it's, it's a challenge because I, I, when you grow up and you have such high standards for yourself, mm-hmm. um, you tend to uh, have those same standards for others. Yep. So that, that made me very, uh, especially when I went to Bible school, we went to a, a, a Christ of the Nations mm-hmm. um, and graduated. And, you know, there was a, there was a lot of spiritual competition there. Yep. yep. Um, and so, you know, you, you meet somebody and you kind of do a really quick evaluation and you, you kind of put them in a box and you categorize them, uh, and you judge them and mm-hmm. you don't, it, what's sad about that is you don't allow the opportunity to, to really dialogue with someone because you make an assumption about their spiritual place or where they're at, yep. their, their spiritual yep. caliber, I guess you could say, <clears throat> right. uh, or their maturity level. And so, you know, you, you make some presumptions that, you know, whatever this person says, um, it's going to be of no benefit to me. So you kind of just 
mm-hmm. and you you gravitate towards the folks that you think you can help or you think can help you only. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. so it, it leads to a lot of lost conversation, a lot of lost opportunities where, mm-hmm. you know, the Holy Spirit can use that conversation to mm-hmm. to bring you or them closer or unveil some truth, unveil some wow. truth. And so um, there was a lot of, you know, judgmental uh, criticism that I had uh, in my earlier years. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's just like I mentioned earlier that, you know, that the, the the constant struggle will lead to that giving up and going back to, to sin patterns. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I'm sure all this even affects how you um, walk into a church service because you come to moments like communion and then mm-hmm. someone, you know, in a church, they stand up and read, mm-hmm. you know, you shouldn't take this unworthily today or for this reason, uh, many are, are, are weak and sick and among you and some have even mm-hmm. died. And like, well, I've I'll skipped work. a lot. I've skipped a lot of the, <laughs> the communion because I had some yep. stuff going on in my life that I wasn't sure how to deal with. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, which is, yep. it's really not an accurate um, understanding of those passages of scripture. The mm-hmm. communion's not meant to, drive us to this place of fear that we have been right. imperfect. Mm-hmm. It, it That passage is really talking about not receiving it with uh, grace into our hearts, you know, mm-hmm. of coming, uh, still trying to do it by works. He said, mm-hmm. for that reason, many of you are weak and sick among you. Actually is what he's talking about. But man, communion, worship, yes. prayer times, yes. all of that, it just becomes this uh, mm-hmm. heavy, heavy moment instead of a freeing moment. Mm-hmm when you're yes. walking in this kind of yeah, absolutely. belief. Yeah, I could speak to that because, you know, going to Christ the Nations, you know, every morning we would have uh, the main service and we would have a chapel. And yeah. Thank you. And and it was usually like 20, 30 minutes of worship followed by some sort of uh, speaker. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I would get on myself if I wasn't fully engaged. Mm. Uh, and I mean by fully engaged, I mean full on energy, Singing yep. at the in my best voice, the yep. top of my lungs, yep. with my whole heart, yep. arms raised, and yep. if if the the emotions weren't present, then there was no validation that God loved me. And really, it, it became a game of seeking for that emotional experience to wow. prove to myself that God loved me. Ooh. And more often than not, the seasons are dry, not yep. wet, you yep. know. And yep. so it was very challenging because I, day after day, I would go and I, there would be no emotion. There'd be no. There'd be no. Yep. No response to gauge how I'm doing spiritually. Yeah. So it's like, okay, God, what am I doing that's wrong? What's you know what 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 is causing you to not look upon your son? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you find yourself in those moments then trying to almost manufacture it? Yes, try to oh, force absolutely. it force it to happen. Absolutely. Whether it be worship or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you're trying to uh, hear the phrase "fake fake it till you make fake it" kind of thing it. that shows up in church yeah. belief like that. Yeah, I'm gonna and, try. I'm going to force myself into this worship Prime posture. Yeah. yeah. Prime the pump. Yeah. And, and even now, you know, sometimes there, there are times where like, if, if I feel I'm in a season where I'm far from God and I, and I walk into a church service, one or, one or two things is going to happen. Mm. Either I'm going to feel down about it mm-hmm. or I'm just going to get emotionally crushed by it. Yeah. You know? And, wow. Uh, wow. So I'm afraid sometimes there's a fear to, to mm-hmm. enter into worship. Yeah. There's a fear to get to that get place. Cause, yeah. So you yeah. combine that heavy, heavy, weight of emotional, uh, you know, we, we rank the emotions way high. Yeah. What are we feeling in that moment? Yeah. And, and feelings are so fickle um, and change. They're, they're very fleeting, yep. um, change very quickly. And so, but that becomes the standard. And so you combine that with someone who struggles with perfectionism or performance. Mm. Um, and yeah, it can just be, it can be yeah. crushing. Um, yep. And then make you, again, you feel like I'm never going to make it. And so like you were saying, it can lead to sin patterns again because you're just like, well, I, there's no point in trying. Yep. Um, and so that can be uh, the next struggle is just trying to figure out, okay, I'm, I don't want to fall into sin patterns. Well, the, well, then there's that again. Look at you, you're backslidden. <laughs> right. You know, you're, yes. <laughs> which is the other fear. Like, what does that even mean? What does that mean? And, and yep. um, maybe I was never saved to begin with. Yes. So then it Whew. begins that whole spiral over and again. And then you have no power to say no to any mm-hmm. sin or temptation. Right. So you just, you're right back in yeah. it again. It, it's such a deceptive loop. Yeah. And there's that and scripture I mean, on, on being double-minded and tossed to and fro. And that's kind of what this thinking yes, does. It true. leads you to being double-minded. Double in yep. which case the, this, the father wants to use us. We are salt and light, but yep. man, the enemy catches us and he distorts every scripture yep. and every truth and keeps us locked in a way that we, we can't be used. Yeah. So, you, you know, you might be thinking, all right, well, all right, I hear all this. Is this just like psychological talk today? Is this in scripture anywhere? Where Where is all this? I think, you know, you look at the Pharisees and this is exactly what 
they were dealing with. And, you know, double-minded, double-life, uh, excessive obsession with the minutia of the law. Jesus says, you know, you, you strain it in that and you swallow the camel kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're so obsessive about the minutia of the law that you're missing the whole point of the gospel and the whole point of God's love for you. Um, would you say that's that's true? You've seen that in the Pharisees or uh, other biblical examples like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have actually an uh, interesting theory um, that comes out of this ministry is um, the uh, there are some greats in the faith like uh, who are suspected mm-hmm. to have dealt with, uh, with scrupulosity, yes. like yes. Mother Teresa, for example, mm-hmm. like the going and the going and the going. And, mm-hmm. you know, what if Paul, you know, kind of had the same, you know, yeah. uh, the same thing, at least early yeah. on in his ministry. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I, th- I think. Yeah, for sure. Martin, Martin Luther. Luther. Yeah. 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 So yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot of greats out there who, mm-hmm. who really have uh, intense mental battles for, if you want to categorize it a yep. different way in their thought life yep. and, you know, stinking thinking. Yes. Um, yes. So, and it's interesting to see that sometimes those are drivers for good. Like God uses those things for good, but but sometimes yeah. at the torture of the person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think that yeah. was true for the Apostle Paul. I mean, he's mm-hmm. the guy who who says in Philippians three, you know, I, I was the Pharisee of the Pharisees. You know, I was mm-hmm. I was the best of the best. I I could do it all. I kept mm-hmm. the law perfectly. But in all of that, he was miserable. And mm-hmm. and out of that though comes this passion when he meets Jesus and he's freed from that. I mean, he mm-hmm. comes this powerful leader, obviously mm-hmm. God moves through and he's, he's the one that writes and says, there is now no condemnation yeah. for those who are in Christ Jesus. It means he must've walked in that for some time, you know, even though he's trying to be perfect by the law, mm-hmm. he's inwardly walking in this condemnation continually. Yes. And he's the one who verbalizes that and, and the Holy Spirit writes to us through. So, yeah. Yeah, they talk about that. Um, there's a term called religious melancholy. Mm. Um, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people with, struggle with this fall into that category. And we don't even realize that we carry that with yeah. us, but it's so much harder to be joyful in our, yes. in our walk and our, in our relationship. And I think in a sense, you know, for, I know for people like me that are um, performance based, a lot of times mm-hmm. lists are easier. It's, yes. it's way easier <laughs> and less emotionally involved yeah, I for me to check a list. Yep. Oh, I did that, did that, did that. And yep. then I don't have to process emotionally through anything. I don't, yeah. I don't like to do that necessarily. That's so, true. So to do, but that's how, that's not how relationships work. Right. Relationships are, you know, they're messy and you have to, they're not black and white. Yeah. So. And they're, they're deeper than a list. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. So I would imagine this has to all be challenging on many levels, mm-hmm. but you're walking now in, in a place of greater freedom. So, you're having to really um, re- redo or renew a way of belief because here is how you thought God sounded yes. and spoke. And now you're having to shift and say, no, that's not what God sounds like. That's mm-hmm. not what God says. How are you doing at, at changing uh, all of this belief system, even your fundamental beliefs about what God is like to us? How is that? working for you at this point? Well, you know, for me, um, there's there's a lot to be said about, you know, uh, when you grow up and, and how you see uh, the heavenly father, how you see your mm-hmm. earthly father, there's a correlation mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, also how, uh, how men um, in leadership act, mm-hmm. uh, you tend to attribute those to kind of a fatherly figure like pastors yep. and et cetera, worship leaders. Yep, yep. And so, you know, it's, for me, it's, it's been challenging um, because it, you know, when you, when you're taught a certain way, when you interpret scripture a certain way for all these years, you assume that, you know, God is like this cosmic cop up in the sky, mm-hmm. ready to, you know, smack you in the head every time you make yep. a mistake. Um, and that's kind of the default. And I still, I still think like that yeah. to be perfectly honest. Sure. And I have, there has to be a daily uh, reminder of myself that, uh, that he's, he's a loving father. And, you know, he didn't just send his son to, to, to die on the cross for my sins so that I wouldn't, you know, go to hell. Right. He sent his son so that I would be spiritually, emotionally whole yeah. here on this planet yeah. while he's, while he's got me here to accomplish his purposes. Yeah. And he loves me. He did it because he yeah, loves me. Exactly. Um, and so it's, it's, it's hard at first because it's like, well, okay, all these times in my life where I thought I heard God, mm. were they invalid? Mm. Did I not hear God? Was it not the Holy Spirit? 
you know, mm-hmm. and and how much of that was me. And yeah. so there's there's this there's kind of this this evaluation mm-hmm. of you know who is God and do I even know Him? And in part, it's like, am I even saved? And there yeah. goes the whole you know stinking yeah. thinking again. So. Sure, yeah. But you are finding life. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Through that. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely freeing, um, but it's it feels unnatural. Yes. Um, and so that's that's one thing that um, I know Mark mentions in some of his resources and things like that is he's like it's going to feel just like a, a person with OCD mm-hmm. in the in the natural when they start to do uh, whether it be behavioral therapy or something like that you know right. it feels very very unnatural to them it yeah. feels very uncomfortable yeah um, and he says it's the same way mentally we mm-hmm. have to we want to constantly check because we feel like well if I if I could just if I, if I know, if I can just know, mm-hmm. I just need to know. I need mm-hmm. to know that I'm doing it right. I need mm-hmm. to know. And the more I problem solve it and mentally try and figure it out and 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 pray about it um, over and over again, then then I'll reach a point of satisfaction. And mm-hmm. he's like, but there's never an ending to that feeling. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, it feels very unnatural, but it's freeing at the same time yeah. because yeah. I know that the father loves me. I know yeah. who I am as his daughter um, and having people around me that, have encouraged me and pointed me to truth. I know you've given mm-hmm. me some book resources mm-hmm. um, on grace and yeah. being able to live with that, which is not something that was highlighted very much in my church upbringing. Right. Um, it was definitely not the case. And then having friends around me that have really, you know, I can I can confide in and they can point me back to truth. Okay, well, well what yeah. do we know the scripture says? Yeah. Um, and things like that has been really helpful for me in, in seeing the truth of my relationship with the Father. Yeah, it's good, it's good. So. Um, what would you say today to someone who maybe is listening and says, oh my, I never realized, I think that's what I have been wrestling with. What would you say to them today? Is there hope? What's, what's the way out? Definitely. A um, couple of things that <clears throat> came to mind for me, the perf- his perfect love casts out fear. Yeah. He did everything he did for love for us in the state that we were in, in the beginning, mm-hmm. not wherever we think we need to be. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, that's not why he chose us. Um, also knowing that you're not alone. A lot of times the enemy loves to throw that. You're yeah. the only one who thinks this way. You are yeah. crazy. You're yeah. the only one who's There's dealing with this thought. With you. You're something the only one me, that yeah. has these types of intrusive thoughts. You are yep. the only one, yep. who, you know, and so that is definitely not the case. You yep. are not alone, mm. um, but he does want us to keep from sharing those things mm. with others um, because if he keeps it hidden, then he has more power in that sense. That's so just true. know that you're not alone. Also to know that God is not the author of confusion. Yes. That was a big one for me. Yep. Um, you know, when I, when I am stuck mentally and feel like there's that tornado going on, okay, wait, God is not the author of confusion yes. here. Yes. His, lo- his love <clears throat> is at the root of this and his love for me is there no matter what I feel yes. in the moment. Um, <clears throat> and that means reassessing yes. <clears throat> what, what you're hearing and who whose voice that is. Yes. Whether that is, is this me? Is this the enemy? Is this God? Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think, you know, sifting all of that out. Yes. And and mm-hmm. cleaning out the, the filter yeah. in a sense. Yeah. So one of the things that's, that um, <clears throat> I've been trying to tell myself over and over again is I have to fire my interpreter. Mm, that was something yes. that was kind of pointed out with people that have yes. the OCD and the scrupulosity is the interpreter mentally is off. Yeah. Um, and so it's okay that, nope, I'm not going to listen to that. That's, yes. that's not- the truth, the inter- my, I need to fire my interpreter. Yes. Um, stop trying to fix my thoughts and let God rebuild the structure. Yeah, it's good. And then leave room for the journey. We always yes. want to put it black and white, black and white. But yep. then relationships aren't like that. There has yep. to be gray and room for grace in the journey. Yeah. And so you actually have to give yourself as as uncomfortable as it feels. <laughs> you have to give yourself compassion. Yeah. You have to give yourself yes. It's okay. You're going through something right now. I would yep. tell other people that freely <laughs> right. every day. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. you know what? You're going through something really hard and traumatic. Have you given yourself a season to really just process that? But for myself, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is yeah. not something that's natural. Yeah. But you have to. You have to say, wait a minute. Look at yourself with compassion. Yes. Yeah. How does it, how was how would Jesus look at me right now? Yeah. yeah. Our our default, like let's say there's a family member who like we find out they they. They went down the wrong path and they fell into some sort of addiction. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. The first, my first knee jerk reaction isn't to beat them up. It's to come alongside and say, Hey, yeah. you know, what's going on? Like, how can I help? What can right. we do? Let's work this out. Let yes. me help you. Like yeah. th- there's this immediate compassion that, that we, that we, that we have. Mm-hmm. So why do we think that, that when we have a struggle that God doesn't have that same 
perfect response, yeah, you know, and, and the response is that he, he wants, he wants to set us free. He wants yeah. to bring us out. Yeah. And so seeing that, um, for me, it's like, it's the Psalm, Psalm 23. It's, mm. I, I read it with a different lens. Um, and you know, the Lord is my shepherd. Mm-hmm. I shall not want, you know, it, it tells us who he is mm-hmm. and that he's good mm-hmm. and that he, he meets every need. You know, he leads us, uh, you know, in, uh, in paths of righteousness. Um, he restores my soul. He, he's, mm-hmm. he's all about bringing us back to yeah. where he's called us to be yeah. and, and, and keeping us safe. Um, you know, <clears throat> Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because mm-hmm. he's made the provisions for us to walk through that. Yeah. We're not alone. Yeah. And so, like you said, giving mm-hmm. yourself that that grace, that that room, that yeah, freedom um, to have compassion on yourself, to look at your situation like, I've got this this struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I could beat myself up over it, yeah. or, or I could look at the lens that God looks at me, and it's. His desire is to heal me. His desire is to set yep. me free. And so now I can give myself the room to walk in that, yeah. in that grace and freedom. You know, even such a, a beautiful passage, you know, Psalm 23, but if it, it, it's meant to encourage us and mm-hmm. free us. Mm-hmm. But if you come at it from this spiritual OCD, mm-hmm. you know, scrupulosity mm-hmm. viewpoint, it's like the Lord is my shepherd. Well, is he really my shepherd? I wonder if I'm really following him like I ought to. Exactly. You know, I shall, I shall not, not want. want. I already oh, want a bunch of things. Yeah. I want a lot. He must not really be my shepherd. You know, mm-hmm. what was the Lord is my shepherd, shall not want. Uh, he leads me. Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness, am I letting him lead me? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you just you get this horribly introspective, yes. intrusive, negative, mm-hmm. uh, beating up yeah. voice. Yeah, and and unfortunately, many churches teach this type yes. of thing. Yes, uh, they reinforce you know, it. They reinforce it. You know, there's definitely that. Oh, you've got to, you know. Walk out your salvation with fear and trembling, man. You really, got, <laughs> yeah, you really have to get to the root, and that's that's. I think that's been <clears throat> comfortable through. Doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. matter denomination to denomination, but mm-hmm. there's been a comfortable teaching in the yeah. church instead of um, instead of freeing people. Freeing people. Yeah. Ooh. So you've got a book here today, Keith. This has been helpful for both of you guys. Uh, yes, uh, exposing the rejection mindset by uh, Mark De Jesus, and he really just kind of tackles uh, in all of his material. He tackles the the essential truth of um, of receiving the Father's love yeah. is is the solution. It's really understanding God's love and why He sent His Son because He knew that we'd have problems. He knew that we'd have struggles and mm-hmm. issues, mm-hmm. and it's that it's that redemption. He is the kinsman redeemer. He's the yeah. one that came and rescued us from our troubles. And, you know, it's, uh, if we can expose the lies of the enemy, um, and then we can start to, to just get little glimpses. And that's all I need right now is just a little (laughs) glimpse of God's genuine love for me and his desire to to see me walk in, in truth and not walk in lies. So, and that's where the real freedom is, is, is believing Jesus died to take my punishment that I deserve. And I, I'm free from that. I don't have to punish myself because he took the full punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been some verses I've, I've clung to over the years. First uh, John 1, uh, verse 20 says, if our heart condemns us, mm-hmm. God is greater than our heart. Amen. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Man, whew, That's freeing. Yeah. It, it's, it's powerful. And then uh, Colossians 1, verses 21, 22, and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind. We can all relate to that uh, by wicked works. Yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you. Here here it is to present you holy Mm -hmm. and blameless and above reproach in Mm -hmm. his sight. Mm -hmm. You can't take that in by your own natural mm-hmm. understanding because that just does not seem right. Right, that feels very unnatural. Even when you reading yes. that, for me, <laughs> yes. I'm like, that doesn't feel yeah, right. No. Like, it seems different. It's just different. But, yeah. but the tru- it is truth. It is truth, and, so, and this is what I have to like choose. Just like any other habit, you yes. have to continually make that a habit. Like, I'm going to go back to the truth no matter what. Yes, so. Yeah, and it's the ultimate of faith over my feelings. Yes. In mm-hmm. that moment, I'm going to choose to believe this, even though it feels uncomfortable and awkward. Mm-hmm. Grace is supposed to. 
I don't feel worthy of his love. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're not supposed to. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The minute you say, okay, I feel pretty worthy of it. Yeah. (laughs) You went down the wrong path. You're (laughs) done. Yeah, so grace is is meant to be awkward. Uh, Jesus kneeling at the feet of the disciples to wash their feet Mm -hmm. is supposed to be awkward. Um, Seeing that he died for us to take our place, that the one who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God, that's awkward. It, it, mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be. Uh, and it's in that that there's actual freedom. There's greater greater health and life. So well, I, I'm grateful for you guys. I, I hate that you've had to walk through that. I, I hate to hear anybody has walked through deception or mm-hmm. half-truths or believed some things that weren't true about God. But We've all walked in those places, and, and in, in many ways, we're still renewing our minds yes. daily and discovering that. But I, I believe that greater testimony of God's goodness comes out of, of those moments and is for y'all. And that's really our, our prayer today for anyone who's listening. Is there anything else you guys would say to the person who's, who's sitting in the midst of that right now who uh, has been walking in horrible perspective scrutiny over their life I, I would encourage them to slow down um, and go back to basics uh, for me that was it was about getting rid of all noise um, and just going outside and looking up in the skies and talking to my creator talking mm-hmm. to dad yeah. Um, yeah saying dad okay here I am I present myself I yeah. need you to I need you to renew how I think yes I show me your love I need to see uh, myself um, and understand how much you love me um, and how much you know you, you care for me and uh, and that's hard because it's hard to slow down yep. um, it's hard to, to kind of be intentional about those things um, but but yeah my encouragement would be to slow down and know that you're, you're not alone mm. and you do have a heavenly father who loves you very much and that's the reason you're, you're listening today yeah it's good and wherever you are it's okay okay to be where you are and to let him minister to you in Thank y'all again for being with us today. Sharing hope and life and truth that's in Jesus Christ. It's our it's always our prayer for any of our listeners and those watching is that you would find the fullness of life in Jesus Christ. He came to have life and have it more abundant. And that's why our connection is here at Burton Church. So uh, blessings to you. Do what we're doing. We're lifting them up, we're lifting them out. 